Welcome to my podcast where I talk about all things related to money, mindset, finance, business, and investing. My name is Royston Kambabachi, qualified accountant with over 30 years experience in finance and business. Coming from a very humble background, I have continuously challenged the assumptions and the expectations of what I'm capable of achieving for myself and others. On this podcast, I will share with you tips, strategies, techniques, and tools that you can use to make more money, manage money better, and to maximize your success. So welcome to another episode of the Financial Intelligence Mindset Podcast, bringing you a host of different guests, different backgrounds, different businesses, different locations. We got uh, Shaz with us today, and Shaz is from Mississippi. And Shaz is one of these people who had a really interesting background, you know, um, growing up. I mean, he's obviously going to share that with us. But he kind of ventured into music and, and, and found out how to promote his business and can make a lot of money um, um, for music. And now what he does actually is help other people promote their business. So he owns a digital marketing agency. So Shaz, welcome. And Shaz, what I want you to talk about um, is when you were a young star growing up, did you always want to be a businessman and work for yourself? Or is this something that you stumbled into? I, I kind of stumbled into it when I was growing up. I, I really wanted to be a musician. I wanted to be famous. I wanted to travel the world and all of that. And um, I think my first brush with that was in a little church in Hawaii, Wahiwa, Hawaii, a little Assemblies of God church there. And I saw, we went one day and there was a drum set there. And I was like really intrigued by it. I was probably five, six years old. And um, I, I kept my eyes on that guy like a hawk. And, you know, my whole life, that's all I wanted to do was play music. And I stumbled into business through music. So it was really cool how that happened. But wow, yes, wow, I, yeah. I always wanted to be a musician. Yeah, that's great. More musician than a business person. I think you're not the only person there. I think there are a lot of famous singers and celebrities who actually found their voice and their, their gift from being a church. You know what I mean? Right. I, think, I think maybe Beyonce, I think I can't call all the names, but I think a lot of people used to sing in choirs or play music at the church, right? So talk to us about growing up. Um, and, you know, were you from a, let's, let's talk money mindset. Like, so did you grow up around money? Like, did you grow up around wealth? I mean, I mean, how, when you, when you were growing up, um, like the word wealth, what did that mean to you as a youngster? Well, when I was young, I, I had no clue what wealth was, what wealth is. Um, if I were being honest, uh, it's kind of funny. I share the story sometimes. I just shared this story last week as well at another place, but when I was three years old and I know people will be like, oh, you can't remember when you're three, but I, I highly remember this. My mom and I, uh, we were in Italy at the time. My dad was in the military and we came home from shopping and she asked me to go into the bedroom to find, uh, to get a pair of scissors out of there for her. And <laughs> I walked in and there was some strange lady in the room with my dad. And uh, I walked out and told my mom. And next thing I know, we're in Hawaii. Uh, my parents had split up. I was a young kid. I didn't know what was going on. And um, <clears throat> my mom worked overnights for a nursing home, an elder care place. And one of our neighbors would watch me overnight. And this is, this is people think I'm joking when I say this, but I'm being the honest, I'm telling the honest truth here. 
It was ramen noodles, oatmeal, maybe a bologna sandwich if we were lucky once in a while, uh, and spaghetti every once in a while, uh, every day. On Tuesdays or Wednesdays, I forget which day it was, she would take me, we would go out, we would go to Pizza Hut before she went to work because kids ate free. And every Saturday, we would hop on a bus. I, I think it was like 25, 50 cents at the time. This was a long time ago. Uh, giving away my age, but we would hop on a bus. We would stop at a store, get a bag of Doritos or nacho chips, get uh, a drink. And she would take me to the zoo in Hawaii. And we would go to the beach after we went to the zoo. That was our routine. So as far as growing up around wealth, no, I, I did not. Um, somewhere around 76, my mom met a guy who I call, I call him my angel. Um, she had been praying for a preacher who knows how to play the piano. And um, God answered her prayer. She found this guy and uh, he married her. And not too long after that, a couple years later, uh, he called me in the living room one day and asked me if what I thought about the idea of becoming a Henry, what I thought about, you know, him adopting me and giving me his last name. And, you know, even as a young kid, I can remember, are you kidding me? I mean, I haven't heard from my dad. I don't know who he is outside of what I remember. Uh, I caught my mom wrapping presents when I was growing up and putting his name on it. So I would think that he was sending me stuff. And here was this guy who literally gave my mom a life, gave me a life. Uh, and he wanted to give me his last name. And I was like, yeah, I'd like that. And so he was in the military as well. And, you know, at that time, the military wasn't great pay. I'm not saying it's great pay now, but, you know, as far as wealth, I, I, I don't know. I did not know what wealth was when I was growing up. I knew what poverty was. And I know that I still hate spaghetti to this day. Uh, <laughs> and so that's what I knew about wealth. I mean, nothing, exactly nothing. Oh, man, it's very touching, you know. It's very, it's very, it's a very, very, very touching story, you know. Yeah, I kind of got a chills, you know, just hearing you describe, you know, what it was like growing up. I mean, when I mean, we grew up in the Caribbean, you know, we grew up really, really, really tough, you know. And right. to some, and to some extent, if I just describe what it means, my expression of poverty. Sometimes you come from school, you're hungry. And uh, and you uncover the pot and the pot is empty. You know that's my definition of poverty. Or 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 maybe my mom has has boiled some um, green bananas, but there is no meat, there is no juice. Right. Um, but I want to say that when you come to talk about wealth, anyway, we we didn't necessarily we knew that we were not well. We we obviously were not well off as we obviously weren't well off at all, right? But it didn't affect us, as to say, made us feel that we were less off in terms right. of, be, of a, as a human being. We didn't feel handicapped. We didn't feel, you know, so I, I think that's probably the same for you, because obviously you emerged from what you just described, right, to be who you are today. So I think even though that's your background, it doesn't sound like if that's something that actually handicapped you. It doesn't sound like you, like it kept you in that mind state. Is that correct? Correct. I mean, like you said, I did not know 
that we weren't wealthy. I didn't know that we were poor. Yeah. I just now I can look back on it and be like, wow. I mean, I actually made it through that. And, you know, we laugh about it and joke about it now. I mean, it's, it's good times, you know. Yeah, exactly. Things got better. Things got better over the years, you know, with dad in the military and my mom was working and things did get better after that. But at the same time, I mean, I was a kid, man. I was, I was about having fun, riding my bike, hanging out with friends. Exactly, you know? so, exactly. I mean, it's great, it's great. You know, it's, you know, it's great to have this podcast and speak to different people, different backgrounds. I mean, all obviously different conversation goes different ways. But I quite uh, like, you know, our chat and it's, 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 it's really a good one. So then, so that was kind of growing up, right? So, so you obviously was into music, never into business. And uh, so talk to us about the journey from like, you know, actually turning your passion into a business. Because obviously that's what happened, right? Am I correct? Right. So, yeah, I fell in love with music and I would say we were in Germany. I was about 13, 14. It was around Christmas time. And one of our neighbors came and found me. He, I mean, this little kid, he was probably about seven and I was about 14. And he, this kid was running, dude. He was running and he found me and he was like, man, you need to get home. You need to get home. Your dad's there and there's a drum set, whatever, you know, and so we both ran and I got there in time to help my dad unload a drum set that he was trying to hide for my Christmas present. And he said, well, since you're here, you know, you can help me carry it in. And I had to sit there and look at it for two weeks sitting by the Christmas tree. I couldn't touch it till Christmas day. And our neighbors were very kind. They allowed me to practice down in one of the uh, lower levels of the apartment complex we were in. And I had a set time during the day I could play and I would do that every day. <clears throat> And that kept growing, uh, started playing in bands uh, once we moved back to the States. And I got married young to a lady with four children. Um, that didn't work out. And I ended up, I, I mean, if I were being honest, I have, I have some failures in life. You know, we all have some failures that we hit along the way. And uh, one of those failures ended up being, you know, getting stuck on stupid with drugs. And I ended up going to a rehab. It wasn't even, I didn't even go to one of those 30, 60, 90 day places. I was gone for 18 months and uh, came out of that a much better person, much clear headed and kept on going forward in my life, doing what I wanted to do. Um. <clears throat> I ended up going to nursing school because I thought I wanted to be a nurse, <laughs> but I still had my passion for music. And at the end of nursing school, I got an email from a guy one day who was looking for a drummer and he asked me about it. And so I graduated nursing school to be a full-time musician. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he had a marketing, a marketing degree from a college and <clears throat> a university here in the state. And he pushed a lot of social media marketing. I had dabbled with website builds along the way. And so I was like, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll build websites, you know, and the other guys in the band would do other things. Like one guy made videos. The other guy made flyers. We we're all doing something to, to push forward. Yeah. And we strategically got together and said, okay, this is going to be our roles as marketers for the band. And everybody had a role. 
And uh, we started pushing that. We didn't want to be one of those bands that people see all the time that make three to 500 a night in a local area, whatever. People get tired of you. And so we ended up being able to travel all over the southeast of the United States. We've played like in Florida, Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, Arkansas, Tennessee. And we just played these places on a consistent basis about once every six to eight weeks would be somewhere. Well, I mean, we're playing every weekend, but we would hit a different city or a different state, like once every six to eight weeks. And um, <clears throat> it was fun. I mean, we, our marketing grew to a point where we were able to, you know, command higher prices. And I mean, we're able to tell people it's 1500 a night for us to play or 2,500 a night for us to play. Um, we would put on shows with other bands that would draw tons of people and we would host them. And, you know, there was nights there were like 8,700 would come in the door, uh, you know, and you're talking amazing money. Uh, we weren't famous. I kind of liken it to major league baseball where you have the major leagues and the minor leagues. And so, uh, that's kind of what we did. And one day a venue owner asked me how we were able to do what we did. And I kind of talk to him about what we were doing, how we positioned ourselves and how we were marketing to venue owners and how we were marketing to fans. And he got really excited about it, especially when I showed him how he fell into the trap and uh, wanted to know if I could help him market his venue. And so the light bulb went off and I realized there was another business within my business. And so we took off, man, and we started helping this guy. And next thing you know, somebody asked me if I could build them a website. And next thing you know, someone asked about how can they get found on Google? And I was like, man, I don't know. And um, <laughs> I started researching search engine optimization. And I found a great mentor, great coach in that arena. And we've grown our business. 90% of what we do is search engine optimization. The other 10% is social media marketing, email marketing, and website design. But most of what we do is getting businesses found online. And man, that took off. And next thing you know, we, we're, we're having to hire people. Um, and we're having to hire more people. And I'm at a place right now where we're looking at probably hiring some more people because people, I mean, businesses need to be found. They want to be found. And, you know, there's a lot of, I'm not, I'm, I'm not throwing shade here. I'm just talking truth. There's a lot of people who get into marketing or digital marketing and they probably try to go too big before they've paid their dues. And I, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You're trying to get out there, but you know, people want to see results. And so what we focused on for the first part of our business was getting people results. And once we started getting those results, they started referring us to their friends who had businesses and man, it hasn't stopped. It's been four and a half years and our business has just kept going like this. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't plateaued. It hasn't, it just keeps climbing and it's, it's an amazing thing to watch and be part of. It's amazing, man. It's amazing hearing your journey, you know, and, um, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's, you know, it's one of these, you know, stories that is just like, you know, yeah, just like you just listen, you understand how to, how to let your passion turn into profit, really. Um, right. And I actually want one of my mentors actually actually written a book on that, you know, um, and 
yeah, as you said, just by loving what you do um, and then trying to get yourself out there more and more and more by marketing. So, so if, right. if someone is listening to this, right, and they're a business owner and maybe they spent some money on marketing, but it didn't work and they think, nah, don't spend any money on marketing. Can you talk to them about the importance of using marketing to grow your business? Yes. So <clears throat> here's the thing. 93% of online experiences begin with a search engine. Yeah. I know we all have, you know, our phones, we got our apps on here and we all love Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, and a lot of people spend time on there, but when people go online off those apps, 93% of those people begin with a search engine. Uh, they're looking for something. Yeah. If you're not showing up on that first page of Google, when they're looking for something, you might as well not try to be online. I mean, that's just, that's just being for real. Um, if, and we deal a lot with local business owners and sometimes you know, they may have spent money before f with an agency or a freelancer and, and got no results. And my answer to that would be, first of all, uh, as someone in the marketing industry, you know, I want to apologize to you for that because obviously you had a bad experience, even though it wasn't with me, you had a bad experience with the industry that I work with and everything is not like that. I mean, there are people who can get results and what I would say is give it another shot, find someone, whether it's local to you, or if you want to contact us, that's cool too, but find somebody that you feel you can trust, get some background on them, uh, research them, you know, do, do they have, you know, is there any way you can learn about some of their clients? Now, a lot of us probably won't share too many of our clients outside of, <clears throat> with other people because of privacy stuff. And, you know, we don't want people calling our clients all the time, asking them questions about us. And it's not that we're trying to hide anything. It's just trying to give those clients um, their privacy. You know, do they have uh, reviews? Do they have good reviews? Not just reviews, but good reviews. Um, have people spoken, you know, positively about their company? Have people spoken positively about the results they get? And, you know, if I were being honest and knowing that Royston likes to deal with financial literacy and growing wealth, one of the things people mischaracterize when they're looking at marketing is this. Yes, you're a business owner. Yes, you're in business and you want to grow your business and marketing is the way to do it. So most people start looking at marketing as, well, I have to do this because I have to grow my business. Yeah, yeah. But what if I told you <laughs> that marketing is a whole different animal and marketing is not something you have to do just because you're supposed to? Um, I, I almost hesitate saying this at times because it's, it's kind of such a big claim, but I've seen it so much over the last four and a half years that I would be remiss not to say anything about it. So what I say is this, when you look at marketing, when you look at search engine optimization, when you look at digital ads and, you know, whatever the case may be, 
anything you're doing to promote your business, anything that's going to cost you money or cause you to make an investment into your business. Here's the deal. Most people tend to look at marketing as cost or price versus investment. When you started your business, you invested in your business because this is something you wanted to do to change your life. And so instead of looking at marketing as a cost or a price, start looking at, looking at it as an investment that returns compound interest. And what I'm saying is, like if you invest in stocks or if you invest in crypto or you invest in anything that you invest in real estate, at some point, the more you invest, the more your investment grows. And pretty soon that interest starts compounding and adding up and multiplying on top of each other to where that interest is now making more in the late, the further you go, that interest is growing much higher and much quicker than your investment is that you're putting in. And so we've literally seen people, and this is where, this is the claim I'm going to make that's going to make people shudder a second, but I've seen it too many times. We've seen people building businesses that have be- that are becoming brands. We've seen people build businesses that are generating wealth, not just growing a business, but generating family wealth, uh, creating generational wealth for their families and creating wealth for their employees as well. Uh, example, one client came to us two and a half years ago and they invested in their marketing with us. We took them from being nowhere online to being found online to being the top um, business in their niche online, in their, in their region. And in the last year, they've opened up two more locations after the money that they've made over that first year and a half. Hmm. They took that money, opened up two more new locations, and they're growing those locations through our marketing. And they keep growing. And the whole thing is they have to hire more employees. Mm-hmm. They're able to pay their employees more. They're, they've gone to the point where at first it was a cost. Now it's like, how much more can we spend with you to grow? And it's just an amazing thing. We saw an e-commerce company that started with us about three years ago. They were doing five to 9,000 a month. This year, um, their average is 514,000 per month. So if you invest in your marketing and you invest it the right way, your business is going to grow, but not only are you going to grow your business, you're actually going to grow. The, the flip side is you're going to grow your wealth. You're going to be able to pass on things to your children, their children, and their children's children if you do it right. So instead of looking at marketing as a necessary evil for my business, look at marketing as a way to generate wealth for your family and future generations of your family, and you'll see it a whole lot different. Man, Shaz, man, you are a man of my own heart, you know. Um, I run a business growth program. I think I'm with a second batch of people right now. And I teach them that. I actually educate people not just on finance. As a matter of fact, although I call this podcast financial intelligence mindset, what I've found, and this is probably like at least 25 plus interviews with business owners like yourself, 
um, is that we, we don't just talk finance, we talk business, but we talk intelligence more, mostly. Right. So more or less, my, my podcast is more like an intelligence podcast, right? Because here we are educating people who are listening right now just to change your mindset. You know, we know that marketing, marketing, yes, it goes on the P&L, and yes, it's an expense, yes. But in reality, you have to have a fundamental shift in your mindset to understand that marketing is really an investment in your business. Right. Because if you want to make, as you said, if you want to make a return, if you want to, if you want to get out there, if you want to be online, like if someone goes online right now and they search, I don't know, um, like in the case of my podcast, financial intelligence mindset, they say they search those three words. I will be at the top of Google guaranteed and that is true seo because obviously this podcast has a lot has some tags behind it and you know um and that kind of stuff right and and what you're saying is that you do that for for clients clients who want to be found you know whether it's true keywords whether it's true whatever it might be but more importantly and i've seen it myself um where i have put in let's say uh one thousand every time every time and extracts three four thousand in terms exactly. of in terms of revenue you put one thousand in your marketing spend and you get back three four thousand in revenue so all you got to do put two thousand get back seven thousand put three thousand get back ten, get get gets back ten thousand so there is a compounding effect you know and, right. and and to some extent, this is financial intelligence because what you're doing now, you're making decision to increase your marketing investment because you understand the return that you get it. Exactly. But before people can just think, ah, okay, I'm going to put money on marketing, you have to narrow it down a lot. What is your offer? Who is your customer? You know, and exactly. all like, and, and I guess that's the kind of stuff that you do, right? Right. That's one of the things we do when we onboard clients. We send them a worksheet. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I thought you were going to handle this for me. Or, well, we are going to handle it for you. <laughs> but we send them a target market and niche worksheet. And, you know, we tell them all the time. Yeah, yeah. Do not rush this. Yeah, Take yeah, exactly, time. exactly. It takes two or three days. It takes two or three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we want you to dig deep. We want, we want to know more about you, more about your business, more about your target market that you want, th- that you think you want to reach, that you're trying to reach. And we want to know not only about the target market you're trying to reach, but what are their pain points? What keeps them up at night? What can you, what problems can you solve for them? Uh, and all of these things. And then we take that and that allows us to be able to position that brand or that business in such a way where we can reach their target market when they're looking for them. And it's, it's kind of an amazing thing at how well, excuse me, how well it works. And when it w- works, which is all the time, it's business owners get amazed, you know, and talking about that intelligence, I mean, I get it. There's lots of great people who are investing and, you know, investing in different areas in life and investing for their future nothing wrong with that. And, you know, we see people who are investing in stock markets and they might, you know, do four, five, six, seven percent. And they think that's great, man. You know, and it is, 
But we've seen people, you know, put in a thousand and get seventeen thousand back. We've seen people put in, you know, five thousand, eight thousand and get tens of thousands back on top of that. And it's just a matter of belief, you know, mindset, as you would say, you know, and sometimes getting our mindset right is 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 a hard thing. And it does take a lot of people some time to work through that. But I've noticed that many of the top business owners that we get to work with, their mindset is amazing. I mean, they, 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 they just believe that they're going to win and they plan on that belief and <laughs> they win every time. Yeah, yeah, man. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I mean, we talked about coming from a humble background now to being where we are. I mean, it, it is a mindset shift. It does take mindset. So, for example, just talking about investment. As I tell you, I came from the Caribbean initially, and I've been to Canada. Things that didn't work out. I came back uh, to the Caribbean. I took um, a 10,000 um, um, pounds, it's about 15,000 US dollars loan to go and study accountancy, right? And I probably, and I probably, so, so, you know, and I probably made a um, hundred times that, you know what I mean? So from right. an investment like that, you know, because I made a lot of money, you know, I made millions um, um, of pounds, you know, over obviously over a period of years, you know, working in the UK. And that's because I took the risk. I took the investment. I took a calculated risk. When it's the same, when you want to grow a business, you have to, you know, decide to invest in your business. And how do you invest in your business? You work with coaches like, like, I don't know, Shaz. I'm not sure, like, what's your business name? CH Local Media. CH Local Media. And you work with people who have, who can show you testimonies, you know, people who can, you know, people who can take you to the next level. But as you said, you have to believe that you can do it. You have to have the mindset to want to do it. Right. And, and then you, you, you entrust the skill set to someone else, right? Because it does, exactly. take, it does take skills to do it, but you've got to have the mindset to entrust the skill set to someone else. You know what I mean? So that's really great, man. So it's really great um, um, uh, to hear your journey uh, from a marketing perspective. And so, so now, so talk to us about you. Like, who is your ideal client? I mean, who is you? So you said, is it CH Media? Yeah, CH Local Media. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, our little tagline or our slogan is, you know, uh, <clears throat> we empower you to build a strong brand and business in your community. I love uh, that. And one of the things that we like to do is we love local businesses, okay? Yes, everybody wants to be national, international, but at the same time, local businesses are what keep communities alive, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Local yeah. business owners investing money in their local community to offer a service, uh, a place, whether it be a restaurant, a retail location, whatever the case may be. Those are the people we love to work with. And, you know, we work with all sorts of industries uh, 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 across the gamut. I know a lot of people say the niches are in the, or, or the riches are in the niches. And I understand that. Um, if I had to pick a niche, I would go with, uh, mental health and counselors and therapists, because we really love that industry. We have a few clients there and it's just amazing. And I, I like the game of, you know, trying to beat larger rehabs and, and drug 
addiction centers that have deep pockets that can outspend these local businesses and beating them in local. And we really, we really love doing that. But man, we work with everything from plumbers, the roofers, the contractors, the insurance agents, mortgage brokers. Uh, one of our off the way outside things is a medical marijuana company in California. <laughs> and, um, and you know, it's, but yeah, local businesses, man. I mean, people who service other people, I mean, people who bring value, whether it's a plumber, an AC HVAC guy, you know, a roofer, I mean, any of these types of things. And I don't just limit it to those. I mean, we have, we work with a nanny, we work with consultants, we yeah. work with just different things across the board. And I'm telling you, I've learned something from each business we work with that I can take and roll over into another business in a certain way, you know, maybe, you know, the mental health aspect of counseling, I can't turn over into, um, the plumbing, but I can take some of that psychology that's there and still take that over and push it over to the plumbing side where we can use some psychology and neuro-linguistic programming and the copy of a plumber's website for people to say, I'm going to call this guy. Cause I think he's going to be the best plumber for me. Yeah. So, yeah, I got it. I got it, man. So let's drop some tips for someone listening. Right. And, um, and they're uh, like, you know, they want to get online because obviously online is, is, is being online is fashionable. Right. So, right. you know, they have a new business that just launched it. Or if you want to take my business, for example, you know, I want to get my, my, my business known in a particular, say in the Caribbean, Right, okay. and I want to be online as the number one person for financial literacy. Yeah, what are some of the things that I, I, me or someone else who might be a restaurant wants to be the number one restaurant in the area? What are some of the things that they should be doing to to to, to get a present? Let me just give a few tips and strategies. Okay, the first thing you want to do, uh, if you do not have a website, get a website. Uh, they may seem outdated. People are like, "Oh, but I've got social media." Well, you know. First of all, social media reach, post reach has gone down. If you take Facebook, just Facebook itself. Yeah, yeah. You're lucky if you reach five to seven percent of your people who like your page. Yeah. So if you have, you know, a thousand people that like your page, you might get 50 people who see your post and they're scrolling. They're looking for those cat memes they're looking for the funny videos they're looking for somebody to argue with they're not looking for you know your fish plate for 3.99 on friday yeah. night yeah yeah um get you a website number one <clears throat> that way when someone's searching for you know financial literacy consultant or financial consultant you know in grenada or wherever you may be in the caribbean yeah you know at least you have a chance of showing up if they're searching for a restaurant in Tupelo, Mississippi, at least you have a chance for showing up. The next thing, which is one of the biggest things I tell anybody to do, and this is all within their own control, go to business.google.com and open up a Google My Business page. Yeah. Whenever you search, you will notice sometimes there comes up a little three, we call it a three pack. It'll have a business name. It'll have their, you know, phone number. It'll have a link to their website. You can click on it and you can see more stuff about their business. 
Google is like social media in a certain aspect in that if you have a Google My Business page or Google My Business listing and, you know, people are engaging with that and, you know, it's going to help. Another thing you do after you get your business verified, they'll usually send you a postcard in the mail with a code on it, and then you verify your business and then you're live. Add photos of your place, um, add photos of your team, add photos of, you know, all around, you know, and there's a feature there where you can post and you can post, post about your new specials, post about what you're doing this week, post about any events you have coming up. And what you're doing is giving Google what they want, which is content. And the more you give Google what they want, the more you're going to get what you want. It's kind of like scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to have competition there. There's people who are optimizing their listings and you should, you know, learn how to optimize that. That's going to be a little further beyond the scope of what we're doing here. (laughs) <laughs> but yes, that's, that's another one of those tips that you should do is make sure not only that you have a website that is, you know, can be found, um, make sure you have a Google, my business listing. Another thing I would say to do is on all your social media, make sure that your website is listed there, your phone number is listed there and your address is listed there. Mm-hmm. Um, in case someone does go to your page. Another thing I would say is turn at some point, you'll be able to turn on messaging within Google, my business. Mm -hmm. And when you turn that on, make sure you have somebody that gets the alerts for the Google, my business messaging system. Uh, The quicker you can respond, the better the Google really loves that. So if you can respond in five minutes or less, even better for you. Yeah. Um, There is a thing there that says, you know, they'll give you up to 24 hours to respond, you know, et cetera. But the fact of the matter is we live in such an instant world, whether it's Facebook Messenger, Instagram Messenger, whether it's a form on your website that sends you an email or Google My Business Messaging. If someone doesn't get an answer as real quick, <laughs> if someone calls you and, you know, your line goes over to voicemail or there's no one there to pick it up. They're going to the next person in that map yeah, yeah, or the yeah. next person on that page. Of course. So you want to make sure you're responsive. And so my third tip I would give, uh, reviews. So whether it's Facebook, whether it's uh, Google My Business, Yelp, or wherever you may be, uh, you know, try to steer people. I, I say try to steer people. The reality is there are places that will tell you Yelp is notorious for this. Do not ask for reviews. You know, people should want to. Um, But somehow, whether it's signage or something, somehow steer people to review your business, you know, if they've had a positive experience. And there are ways you can do that. Um, But at the same time, what I'm going to say is this. Reviews will help you get found. Reviews will help people see that you're a legitimate business. Respond to those reviews when you get them. Don't just look at them. Respond. Hey, thank you for reviewing our business. We appreciate your kind words, etc. It shows that you really care. It shows that you're active. And so beyond that, the fourth thing, and I'll leave, this, leave it with this, <laughs> <Yeah>. is <laughs> customer service. 
<laughs> customer service is going to impact your reviews. Okay. So customer service, in my opinion, is one of the greatest search engine optimization tools that is in a business owner's hands, that is an employee's hands to help their business out. So the better your customer service, the better your reviews are going to be, the more memorable you'll be, the more word of mouth you're going to get, the more people may just go on and randomly post on their social media about, hey, I went to Joe's place over here and it was excellent. Man, everybody should go. And that comes from customer service. You got bad customer service, it's going to show in your reviews. And then when those stars start dropping, you know, people are like, ah, no, this, this place has, you know, 50 reviews that average 4.8, but this place has a hundred reviews that averages 3.2. So I'm going to go with the one with the less reviews because they've got a better rating. So customer service, customer service is going to be the greatest and largest search engine optimization tool that business owners have in their hand. I agree. And actually, and some people call it like social proofing, you know, because, uh, right. because obviously like, reviews of people, people, social society, people saying like, yeah, this, this, this is a great business. And I think, I think like you dropped some, um, some really, really um, great tips there with like um, Google My Business. And I think, I mean, I will go further to drop a few more tips just to say, yeah, then what you can do is if you have a little bit of money, you can then go on to do like a Google search ad. You know, because exactly. now you have Google My Business set up. Now you have all this stuff online. You know, you can do a Google search ad so that when someone searches in Google, you pop up with your location, right. with, with your pictures, with everything, because you exactly. it's, it's, it's all optimized, right? So, you know, exactly. Um, so, not, yeah. So, I think, I think Google is a great, great, great resource. You know what I mean? Um, um, and not just um, and people who are listening. Of course, like uh, if, if you want to run YouTube ads, then that's obviously done through Google as well. It's done through Google, exactly. ad, through Google AdWords. And that's why you should have a Gmail account. You should have a Google account. You should have a Google My Business account. So really, really some, um, some great tips there. So I want to move on to more of the financial side, right? So once you, okay. got in, you know, once you got into business as a business owner, as a marketer, talk to us about like, you know, some of the metrics that you use, not just to manage someone's business, but the metrics that you look at to say, yeah, hey, we're growing. Hey, we're doing good. Hey, we're profitable. Right. Okay. So uh, the metrics we look at for us or the metrics we look at no, for, for you first, for you first, okay. for you first. And then I'm touching on some of you for your clients. Yeah. Okay. So for us, of course, when I started out, I still didn't have that belief <laughs> in, in myself. Yeah. Even though I knew we could do what we were doing, I didn't have the belief I needed. And so I'll never forget. I'll just tell you a funny story here. Search engine optimization is not necessarily cheap. Uh, it's not necessarily a low budget thing. There are people out there who offer low budget options at the same time. Their results are not that great. Um, but one of my first things I did is I went to Upwork just to see if, you know, if I could try to get some reviews and try to get some, my feet in the water. And one of the first jobs I took was a $300 SEO job. I laugh about it now. Yeah. This, this guy had a website that had children's sermons and Sunday school lessons on it. And I was like, heck yeah. How hard can that be? My dad was a preacher, you know? 
Um, it's not, it really can't be that hard. Well, I took the job. I accepted the offer. And within two days, I was literally crying. Not, I'm not talking, you know, uh, rhetorically here. I mean, I was crying, had the tissue and everything. One of his competitors in that space is one of the most visited websites in the world. He wasn't even on page one. And there were all these websites that had been there for years. And I went through it, did it, and we worked through it. And I'll never do it again. But we got him and a bunch of his pages on page one competing with one of the most visited sites in the world. Um, And so that gave me belief in that I can do this. Yeah. And then as we moved forward, you know, I didn't really have a bunch of social proof. And so a lot of people do this and I understand. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying I understand. We were lowballing ourselves to get clients. Yeah. You know, so. Hey, you know, I, I'll do it for, we'll do it for 500 a month. Uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, we've graduated and moved on beyond that. And, you know, most of our clients are now sitting somewhere between 1500 to, we got one that's almost at 10 K a month for all the different services that we do and we provide for them. And so the metrics we look at is month over month, obviously, our, uh, our, numbers growing is our client list growing month over month and are we able to complete within a certain time frame that we always talk about completing another metric we look at and this is you're going to find this hilarious uh, is is churn rate do we churn okay now people who come to us for one offs like i need a website build i need a uh, uh you know, a graphic or, you know, whatever those one-offs, we don't count that in our churn because we know immediately they're going to be a one and done. And hopefully they'll remember the great work we did for them and come back later for some marketing. Another thing we do is, you know, we highly tout this with everybody we've, we speak with. We've been doing this for four and a half years. We've only lost two search engine optimization clients in those four and a half years. I tell everybody the same thing. Months one through three is ABC. Yeah. Months three to six is DEF. <laughs> and we lay out the process. Yeah. yeah and we yeah. tell them, you know, the further you go, the more power, the more trust, the more everything your business is going to build online. And, you know, so we tell, and we don't make people sign contracts. We believe that we should earn your business month to month by giving yeah, you results. Yeah. But what we tell you is the first six months, you may not see the results that you want to see, but it's okay because after month six, we're usually paying for ourselves, generating revenue for you and going forward. And everybody who stayed with us at least six months is still with us and has not left. (laughs) And the two clients we lost, SEO clients we lost, one left at month two and one left at month three because they did not fully comprehend what we were talking about. And it could have been that I did not fully explain it correctly enough because this was earlier in the process. But since that time, we have not lost any search engine optimization clients at all. I mean, we literally have everyone we started with is still with us. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yes. And, and that's unheard of. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. And that just shows you that you got to be in it for the long game. You know what I mean? 
And, right. and people, as, as you said before, people got to have the belief that, you, that not just you have to believe, but they got to believe that you can do it. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, 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 and that makes sense. And what are some of the metrics that you look at for, in terms of your customer? Like, you know, when you, when you, when you have a customer, what, what are some of the, the metrics that you want to see for them? Yeah. Okay. So for our customers, the metrics that we want to see is obviously rankings. We want to see their rankings going up. Uh, we want to see them get to the first page and hopefully the first spot or hopefully in that map pack up there. And so we work on that very hard. And that leads to our other metrics that we look at, because once we can get that established and start building it and getting them ranked for not just this keyword or that keyword, but dozens of keywords related to their industry or their services, then the metrics we look at is uh, like stuff from Google Analytics or Google Search Console. We look at how many visits are their websites getting? Uh, how many form fills are they getting on their website? Mm -hmm. How many calls are being generated from their website? How many calls are being generated from their Google My Business? Uh, matter of fact, let's take calls generated. One of my uh, fun things is we have a client that's in a town that's less than 40,000 people. It's like 38,000. You would think, oh, they don't need search engine optimization. Well, even as small of a town as that, they're still fighting against 60 other businesses in their same industry. And when they came to us, they had less than four form fills on their website and their Google My Business was getting like five calls a month. Um, we now have them where the form fills are happening almost daily and their Google My Business is getting over 130, 150 calls per month in that small of a location and they're growing. So that's one of the things we look at is, okay, we look at traffic to the website, phone calls coming into the business. And then we also talk with those clients and say, okay, this is how many calls we've seen that we've been able to track coming into your business. How many of these were you able to convert into sales? Yeah, yeah. How many of these were able to convert into appointments? Okay. And if those numbers aren't that great, and we usually start, you know, on the front end, because I like to look holistically at things instead of yeah. just, we're here to market your business. Well, if I'm marketing your business, I want to help you grow that. I want to, I want to keep you as a client and I want to help you grow. So if, you know, someone will say, well, I, you know, well, we had 12 calls last month. No, 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 no. Here's your numbers. You actually had 30 calls. So where'd you get that number 12 from, you know, and I can show them the times and dates when those calls came in. Um, and then, okay. Yeah. Well, these leads aren't so great. We only had like three people book an appointment. Okay, cool. Um, do you mind if we set up call recording that way we can kind of observe how the calls are going, whatever. And then we do. And then you realize it's maybe someone had a bad day or was having a bad day and they answered the phone with that attitude instead of, Hey, you know, thank you for calling CH local media. How can I help you? And, you know, maybe they just answer with a bad attitude or maybe, um, they hired a new employee who doesn't know everything about the business yet. And so that person probably shouldn't have been trying to answer that question and should have got somebody else who could help them. Uh, so things like that, or maybe, you know, as a business owner, they're really great at business, but horrible at sales period. And this, this happens as it's a real thing. It happens, you know? And so instead of just saying, no, you know, you had 50 calls, not 20, you know, y'all need to fix that and start keeping track. No, 
we'll we'll jump in and say, okay, look, you know, normally these are for consulting clients or coaching clients, but since you're with us on a monthly retainer, let's go ahead and talk about this. Here's a couple of recordings of the calls that came in. If it were me, I would have rephrased it like this, rephrase this portion like that. Here, I tell you what, here's a little script uh, you can use to guide you. Maybe you don't have to say it word for word, but at least you have some bullet points to understand You know what we've seen work with other businesses that may work with yours. And that way you can guide the conversation when somebody calls you. So, I mean, we're not just looking at calls and emails, you know, or form fills. We're also looking at how they, what, what's their closing ratio? You know, I mean, it, it's great if you have a hundred calls, but if you only close six of those, there's something else we need to work on. And so whether it's, here's a short tip and here's some information, or if you want to come on and we can, you know, uh, get some consulting going on at, at a little different price and coaching for business growth beyond marketing, we're happy to do that as well. So, yeah, I mean, it literally comes down to here's what we're looking at Google Analytics, Google Search Console, how many phone calls, how many visits to the website, um, how many uh, keywords are ranking how many of those keywords actually lead to sales. And then once we have those, we start looking at how can we increase this, generate more, or if there's a problem, a disconnect between the leads and the sales, then it comes down to some coaching on how to deal with those calls or those emails. Yeah, that's really, that's really awesome. And I think what you're describing is kind of a lot of what I'm, a lot of what I've been through myself, um, even as a coach consultant, uh, in terms of working with people to not just to market your business, because you see marketing is getting the customers to the door. Right. But then you got to convert the customer. You know exactly. what I mean? You know, so there's something called a cost per lead. A lead is just someone who, you know, yeah, you know, maybe they've opt-in to something. Maybe, you know, they're contacting your business. So there's a CPL, the cost per lead. Well, what is the cost per acquisition? And obviously, right. the, the better your acquisition process, the lower your cost per acquisition would be. And then some people will go on to say, I guess for you, that's really relevant. What is the lifetime value of a customer? Because even exactly. if you have a very high acquisition cost and you're going to keep the customer on for a long time, then it kind of doesn't matter because the customer pay back for themselves, like in your case, after six months, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So if, if, you, if it costs you a lot to acquire a customer who has spent five years with you, it's irrelevant, right? So then, right. There's, so then there's all these things that you said in business, in, in, you know, you, people have to understand, you know, business is a, a complex machine, you know what I mean? Um, and, and I think, um, although we talk about, like I call my podcast, Financial Intelligence, I've explained it to people before, Financial intelligence is a branch of business intelligence. Right. And under business intelligence, we also have marketing intelligence, like we've been just been discussing, right? Then you have customer intelligence, you know, marketing intelligence is obviously understanding your marketplace. Customer intelligence is understanding your customer. I think you mentioned right. earlier that when you onboard a customer, you have a target market and niche worksheet. Right. Yeah, one thing that I take my clients through, um, we call it a target avatar worksheet. You know, okay. like 
who is your target avatar? How, how, how well do you know who you're going after? You know, exactly. you know what's the heaven? What's the hell? Where do they hang yeah. out? Where do they hang out? So I think it's, it's the, all these things in, 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 in its end um, is really important. So if you think about your business and in terms of, um, I mean, I'm just going to ask you some of these questions I ask everyone on the podcast as we look to wrap up in the next, I don't know, few minutes. Um, you know, what would you say has been your, your biggest financial downfall and why you think that happened? I would say the biggest financial downfall for me is or was <laughs> my accountant has me <laughs> leashed in and doing well now but um lots of free trials to different softwares or different tools that could help the business you forget about them they start charging you and next thing you know you've got hundreds or thousands of dollars a month in subscriptions happening and you're like what is this you know <laughs> and you might have used the tool three times in a year, you know. And um, so she keeps me up with uh, on a, a monthly and quarterly basis. And every six months, here's all your subscriptions. Which ones are you using? Which ones are you not using? And that is so basic, but so important. Yeah. I mean, because you, you know, everyone's trying to reach out to business owners. I get marketed to as well, you know? Yeah. They, they, me to use this software they want me to this this software will help you grow businesses and i like looking at software i like looking at tools anything that can help us grow anything that can help our partners and business partners grow and um that would have been that would be my biggest downfall is yeah no more no more free trials no more subscriptions we've got perfect things in place that work and so uh one of my mentors is all about being a minimalist and so while there are so many great tools that are out there you don't need every great tool in your business <laughs> yeah yeah man i mean it's so it's so uh, i can see what you're saying even me i mean because i i kind of pride myself on until i've been a money management uh expert uh and one thing that i do all the time is go through my bank statements you know what what right. is that what is that i mean go through my credit card statements as well and goes what is that what what am i being charged for and sometimes i i if i don't know if i can't remember i dispute it and the good right. thing with credit cards and paypal etc if you don't know what it is just dispute it and then oftentimes um it might say oh this ah that's what it is or they might cancel it, you know what I mean? And I've right. been I've been stung as well. I think even as much as last year, not significantly, but it adds up. I think I um I I wanted some new pictures for my um my webinar, um, some graphics, etc. And I, I subscribed to something called my mentor said go to ice talk or whatever it might be. And I, right. I sub and I, I all I wanted was like you know, like 20 pictures. All of a sudden, I'm in. I'm in for a yearly subscription. I'm like, oh my God, which 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 costs thirty dollars a month. It's like, man, you right. know. What I mean, that's that's not what I wanted, you know. So I think you're right. Subscription. I think for anybody listening, we want to talk about financial intelligence. We're talking about understanding your bank account, understanding your numbers, understanding how you make money, how you spend money, because the pennies make the pounds. Obviously, I'm from England, or the cents make the dollars, right? Right. So I hear you with that. And what, what would you say has been your biggest financial success and what has contributed towards that? I would say the biggest financial success is the fact that we are where we are now. 
Um, 20 years ago, I would have never imagined that I would be able to take a vacation whenever I want, um, buy what I want, whenever I want go eat, whenever I want. I'm not saying I do this stuff. I'm just saying, understand what you can, you know, the freedom, basically, you know, the ability to do it. Like this year, uh, I got married, had, had a great wedding that was we're, we're not in debt for it. It was a beautiful wedding. It was a big wedding, but it was paid for. Went on a vaca- uh, honeymoon that was paid for. A uh, couple months after that, you know, my wife's daughter and her husband and the grandbabies wanted to go to the beach for vacation and asked us to go with them. And I was like, sure, we'll go, you know. And uh, so we went with them. And so just being able to have the ability to pay for what I need uh, when I need to. And, you know, a lot of people may whatever on this, but the ability to give to people in positions that may have been where I was a few years ago, not making great money, being able to bless somebody like that, or being able to pay, you know, employees or contractors a decent rate. I mean, I've got one guy who contacted me uh, not too long after he started working with us, t- just so thrilled. His whole family, his not not just him and his, I mean, his mom, his dad, his brothers, <laughs> everybody. I mean, the fact that we were able to uh, hire him and have him work with us, he contacted us just, you know, we've got a new place, man. We're moving next week. Everyone's going to have more room. And, you know, Great, man. Uh, another guy who was, you know, wondering what he was going to do. I mean, high paying job before he came to us and lost it because of COVID, et cetera. And I'd worked with him before in a different area. And so I was like, Hey man, I know you're good with the stuff. Uh, what would you think if we brought you on for this? And he was like, cool. And then we were able to add to that. And so, I mean, being able to pay people to help them have a good life, is probably the biggest financial blessing I've received so far beyond being able to do what I want when I want is Man, being able to help people it's, grow. It's remarkable, right? And we're talking about money and stuff and uh, money is not everything, but you obviously yeah. like, like you like, you like your money. An, money to me is an amplifier. It's an enabler. I mean, I have been able to do things. I mean, I'm not rich, but I'm wealthy. You know, I'm currently, I, I work for a charity and I finished here. I'm going up to the coast and, you know, pick up some guys who are uh, farming seamoss and fish and stuff. You might pick up truck uh, as, as, a, as a charity, you can say. And wow. that's because I'm kind of time rich, you know, and, um, and, you know, I think it's just so great when you can give back, you know, when you, all of a sudden your life is not just for you, but you can right. help, you can help others. So that, that makes sense a lot to me. So as we look to wrap up, just a couple more questions here. Um, so what, 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 I mean, and we kind of mentioned it in the early, but what does a wealth mindset means to you and get on an abundance mindset. Um, and when you think of where you are, I mean, how much did you have to think big and, 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 and have that, 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 that mindset that you can do it? How much has that helped you? Man, mindset has changed a lot. I remember back in 2017, 2018, uh, I was scrolling through a group I was in with a bunch of people 
learning stuff and seeing everybody's wins. And I was like, man, you know, uh, how come I'm not winning like this? I ended up literally broke down crying on my bedroom floor and praying. And at some point I just got peace about it and got up and went back to work. And I remember that day specifically as like a change, a shift in my mindset. And I started believing I can believing I could, you know, before, you know, I don't know if people know this, but the average person here is no over a hundred thousand times by the time they're 18. And those are your, you know, your early years, you know, from a childhood to 18, you know, those are the years you're formulating a lot of ideas about the world and about life and hearing no over a hundred thousand times in that time will start leading you to believe everything's going to be a no. Um, (laughs) you know, so even before you ask, you already know it's going to be a no, uh, even before you start to do something or, you know, you're ready for the no, instead of preparing for and believing for the yes. And so that was my biggest mind shift or mindset shift was getting away from knowing I'm not going to get the sale or getting away from knowing I'm not going to grow mentally, physically, spiritually to believing I'm going to grow mentally, physically, spiritually in business and in life, in my marriage, in my relationships. And so once that changed, I mean, everything's changed and yeah, the biggest thing is definitely believing in myself and not not being prideful, but just believing that I can achieve what I want to achieve. And a lot of people have a hard time with that. I, I, I'm amazed that now when I look back at how much of a hard time I had with that, so much so that I had to consult with a uh, life coach a while back. Um, I didn't realize that some of that leftover stuff from my early days was still with me till one day my wife asked me in a grocery store, what's wrong when I was paying for the bill and it hit me because right then it hit me every time we were at the store and I was paying, she'd always ask me what's wrong. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like your face. And so I dug deep on that one and I contacted a, a guy that everybody recommended that I knew. And, um, he talked me through it and, connected the dots from the pain of my childhood, the pain of the poverty from my childhood to the fact that I was trying to make money to escape and stay away from that poverty instead of looking at making money as a blessing to enhance my life and the lives around me. I was trying to make money to stay away from where I was. And you know, as well as I do, the more you think about something, the more you're going to bring that about. Correct. So, trying to stay away from poverty. I was probably trying to lead myself back to poverty without even knowing it. And one key thing he said that changed my life forever is if that's happening to you in just everyday life, he said, um, imagine what that's doing to your business that you, you're not even realizing subconsciously how that's uh, just, you know, probably undermining what you're trying to do for your business because you've got this little boy from years ago still trying to pop up its head. And if that little boy's popping his head up, then um, you're probably 
seeing some of that in your business as well. And that's probably why your business hasn't just flourished and grown like you want it. And sure enough, once that changed. And so one of my affirmations now (laughs) is uh, from Paul, uh, Apostle Paul in the Bible. But uh, at one point he said, you know, when I was a child, I spoke and thought as a child. But when I came a man, I put childish things away. And so that's one of my affirmations now regarding everything in my life is, you know, when I was a child, I did do childish things, but now I'm an adult and it's time to put those things away. And so, sure, you know, I'm 50 years old. Uh, I've had a lot of life. Winning at the game of the mind is, is something we'll be doing for the rest of our lives. Yeah, man. It's, 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 mm-hmm. it's really deep. You know, you got to believe, you know you, you know, you have to believe. And as you said, you have to kind of eradicate those demons, you know, that try to tell right. you no. No, you can't. No, you're too small. No, why you? You know what I mean? I've struggled with those in myself. And as a matter of fact, I think I think I got my biggest breakthrough after I decided, yeah, um, there's no plan B, you know? There's only a plan exactly. A. There's, there's only a plan A. I'm, I'm doing this. This is what I'm doing, you know what I mean? As, right. a, as a way forward, you know? And um, and then it starts to work out. Man, so we've been going for quite a while, you know, and um, I think it's been a great, great, great conversation. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask you this last question anyway, um, and maybe I think we kind of spoke about it. But thinking about business and thinking about your customer and thinking about you, um, what does the, the, just the, 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 the word financial intelligence means to you? And how important would you say that is to, to be successful in business? Financial intelligence, I would say, is knowing your numbers, not just knowing your business numbers, but your personal numbers, uh, knowing what it takes to run your business, run your home, and everything surrounding it, from insurance to rent to utilities to, like I mentioned, all the small little things that can add up along the way that you may not be paying attention to until one day they're there. And you're like, how come I'm not making as much as I should be compared to how much I'm bringing in? While that is, you know, probably the main aspect, the thing that people focus on the most is I've noticed that with our clients and with ourselves, that once we get those numbers right, once we understand and, you know, maybe it requires a bookkeeper, maybe it requires an accountant to help you understand that. And that's not a problem, you know, as long as that money is returning, you know, an accountant to me, a financial advisor, a bookkeeper, those are, those are things that you need to have as a business owner to help not just keep track of your numbers, but to hold you accountable to your goals. Yeah. You know, whether, whether it's your accountant holding you accountable or you holding yourself accountable, watching your accountant's numbers come in, uh, watching their reports come in. Um, those things are very important without them. You're not going to be able to give your family the life they want your employees, those raises that you probably really want to give them. I know some people may not want to, but I, most, most business owners I I've ended up working with seem to have generous, big hearts, and they really want their employees to thrive and they want to pay their employees more. Um, I'm not saying all do, and there's nothing wrong with how much you pay or don't pay, you know, that's on you. Um, But the fact of the matter is people talk about money is not everything. And I get that. It really isn't, you know, there's love, which is probably the greatest force on the planet, but you've got love, you've got relationships, you've got all sorts of things going on, health and 
all sorts of things that you can be quote rich or wealthy in. But at the end of the day, you're not going to do anything without money (laughs) is when it comes to business. So being financially intelligent is definitely being aware of where your money's going, not only where it's going, but where are you investing in that and how is it growing for you? Because at the end of the day, if you invest more in a car than you're investing in your business, your car is going to depreciate. It's, you know, yeah. You're not going to get the money back. Uh, your business will allow you to buy more cars along the way, um, you know, take vacations, all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, it isn't even about all that. It's just about having a balanced life where you have the ability, if you need to or want to, to take care of the things you want to and need to when they need to be taken care of. Yeah, man, it makes sense a lot to me, you know. Uh, as you said, I mean, I mean, that's what the podcast is about, right? It's about educating right. people on um, not just on financial intelligence as we kind of came, kind of come to see that. Because, but when you're talking about the numbers in your business and knowing how money goes, and I mean, obviously, a business is a complex beast, right? So today we obviously right. dive, dive into marketing. I might speak to somebody who might um, dive into the technology side, you know, um, but ultimately you've got to be able to monitor, you've got to be able to measure. I think if you truly want to know how you're doing, set benchmarks, set goals and measure yourself. And then, exactly. and, and then you know, see what, see what the variances are and then see what you need to adjust to hit your goals. You know what I mean? Because, you know, some people say, if you're not really measuring, then obviously that you're not tracking it, right? So, right. So it's really, really good. So man, Shaz, it's been a great conversation. So, um, so you are, um, is it CHA Local Media? Am I correct? Did I get that right? Or C-H- C-H. Yeah, basically Chaz Henry. CHLocalMedia.com. Dot com. CHLocalMedia.com. And you're also on LinkedIn as, as, as Chaz Henry. Where else, can, where else can people find you? If people listen to this and they're in Mississippi, they're in the U.S. This podcast, by the way, is listened mostly in the U.S., so someone, okay. someone has heard this. They said, this is a guy can help us um, grow right. the business. They've been listening. They, they got to the end. I think we've been going for a good hour and 20 minutes or so. I mean, they got to this stage. Um, you know, they want to get in contact. How can they get in contact with you? Uh, they can reach me at uh, chlocalmedia.com. We've got forms there. Uh, they can email us at sales at chlocalmedia.com. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if they want to, you know, set up an appointment to, you know, maybe talk about stuff, they can go to calendar.chlocalmedia.com yeah. and yeah. Uh, set up an appointment there as well. Uh, we're on LinkedIn, as you said. So it's um, LinkedIn, you know, yeah, just, just, just in, Chaz Henry SEO. Yeah. <laughs> on, I'm on Facebook, you know, uh, I, I don't hardly do Instagram much, um, but I'm there as well. I mean, but my, my big places are basically, I mean, I know a lot of people are on LinkedIn, but for some reason I get a lot of business out of Facebook. So I just roll on Facebook over and over and over and over. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah, yeah. My Facebook is good. Facebook is good. Yep. Facebook is good. Yeah. And Facebook ads are good, of course, once they're properly optimized, you know, for conversion, et cetera. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So and do send me a little bio, like two paragraphs about yourself. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get this out next week and, and you can put some of your handles in there as well. I'll put it in the show notes. I want to say a massive, massive thank you for coming on and spending such quality time with me, you know, and, and, and not just, just not just talking, but going deep, 
you know, about your story, dropping some gems as well. Um, and, and I trust that the audience will get some really, really valuable content out of this. I want to wish you as well massive success. So what is the vision for CH Local? Um, um, is it media? Media? I still get it wrong. Is it yeah. media? It's local media. Yes, yeah, yeah. What is the vision? So, what is the vision? I mean, where are you taking it? The vision is to turn it into a multi-seven-figure business and sell it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, all, it's always good to have an exit plan. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Yeah, have an exit plan so you yourself can just do well, do what do what you really love, which maybe exactly. obviously what you're doing right now, but maybe you got some other things you want to do as well. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Shaz, it's been a pleasure, and I enjoy the conversation, and we keep in touch actually. Um, okay. You know, because SEO stuff, all that kind of stuff, is something that um. Um, I'm 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 going to keep in touch with you because I'm going to be doing some work. Um, I'll be in touch offline. Um, okay. and, and see how we can put something together. All right. So great. Yeah. So you take care of yourself, and we speak soon. All right, man. You have a good one, Royston. Appreciate you. Thank you very much for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can find out more about me by googling my name, Royston Cumberbatch. I'm on all the social media, Facebook. Instagram and LinkedIn. You can find me on YouTube as Roy Cumberbatch. And if you are listening on YouTube, please hit that uh, subscribe button. Or you can find me on my website at www.racmac.com. That's R A C M A C S.com. It'd be great to hear from you. And do feel free to tell me about any topics you want me to cover on future episodes. Until next time, be good to yourself and others. Keep positive and reaching for your financial goals. Bye-bye.